Welcome to the Easy Peasy Podcast, where we discuss living better through permaculture, mindfulness, decentralization, flow, freedom, agorism, anarchy, and more. Our mission is to solve life's complex problems with simple solutions. I'm your host, Mike the Polymath Whistler, coming from the Easy Peasy Shop in Indianapolis, Indiana, the crossroads of America. Thanks for joining. How's it going, y'all? Welcome to episode 27 of the Easy Peasy Podcast. How about that intro, huh? Yeah, I, uh, I've known for a little while I need a good intro song, and, you know, that one, that one just seemed exactly right. You know, I, I asked my friend Coleman if I could use that track. That's his... That's his song. Now, Coleman was on the show just about a week or so ago, and it was one of the best episodes I've recorded yet, hands down. I highly recommend, if you haven't listened to that one yet, go back, give it a listen. I think it was episode 23. It was amazing. We talked about religion and politics and sort of um, the argument for and against anarchy and decentralization and and these these topics that are always at the forefront of my thinking now Coleman is a is a thinker as well and uh, we don't always agree but that that's what makes it such an interesting conversation is you know being able to sit down and have a real talk a real discussion with somebody who who has a slightly different point of view right Maybe lives in a different part of the country. Maybe sees different things than you see. You know, it's it's good to have those kind of conversations, and that's that's what this show's all about. I don't want it to be an echo chamber. You know, my perspective is usually one of an ecological point of view, which is what has driven me towards being an anarchistic thinker. Is you know this observation of ecosystems being sort of the balance of chaos and order exemplified right and i always say there's no dictators in the forest you know there's no there's no lawmakers there's no deciders there's only the elements at play now all that said you know guys i just I have a feeling there might be some new listeners out there, so I thought I'd kind of reintroduce the show. And that, that intro is going to be on every episode uh, for this you know, foreseeable future. Maybe, maybe a ways down the road we'll switch it up, but that one I think will, will serve us nicely. So, you know, I, I thought I'd maybe just kind of like 
talk about this concept of, um, you know, simple solutions to complex problems, right? That that's going to be a central theme of this show. You know, I love the Bill Mollison quote, you know, Bill Mollison is known as sort of the grandfather of permaculture design. And, uh, if you're not familiar with permaculture, uh, I highly recommend doing some reading. I'll be, I'll be breaking down the concepts of permaculture as this show goes on, but you know, just, just trying to get the broad strokes across to you, paint, paint sort of the larger picture before we dive into the minutia, you know, this quote by Bill Mollison, Bill said something to the effect of, you know, I'll paraphrase as closely as I can, but he said that despite the problems in our world becoming increasingly complex, the solutions remain embarrassingly simple. Again, that's probably not an exact quote, but that's that's the gist. The solutions are embarrassingly simple, right? You know, we're all so concerned uh, about so many things these days, and it, it gets so overwhelming at times. You know, if all you do is sort of consume the news and you know, so many people say we need to stay informed on global issues and, and things like that. But if you if you pay attention, it quickly can become overwhelming, especially if you don't have sort of a, a filter or a framework or a lens through which to view these these events. Right now, to me, the, the concepts of permaculture and of anarchy, they help me sort of frame these these problems right i see a lot of the root of a lot of problems being too much centralized control right hence my anarchistic ways and you could you could argue with me there you could um there's there's many points of view but that's what i've come to the conclusion of that's my opinion is that you know our problems are becoming increasingly complex because our systems of power and of control and if we want to simplify the problem we need to come up with simple solutions now another one of the sort of founding fathers of permaculture was this fella or is this fella named jeff lawton now i guess you couldn't really necessarily call him a founding father but he was a direct protege of bill mollison and Jeff Lawton is credited with saying that all of the world's problems can be solved in a garden. And that sounds idealistic. It sounds like a, like a nice little bit of poetry or something. But I think he was being literal. I think he was telling us exactly what he believes. That all the world's problems can be solved in the garden. You know, because the garden can teach us so many things. It can teach us patience and stillness and slowness. It can teach us to, to care for life forms aside from ourselves while, while simultaneously caring for ourselves, you see. And it, it can teach us the, the return on, on effort, right? 
You put in some work and what you get back from that work is greater than what you put in. You know, all these are just the little lessons that can be learned. You, know, you can learn about the in incredible complexity of living systems when you when you manage a garden because you know you might be the biggest influencing factor in that garden as far as its layout and the plants that get put in but but at a certain point the uh the old you know field of dreams line if you build it they will come and i think that's field of dreams i'm not certain but you know if you build it they will come right you build the garden and all of a sudden you start noticing all these little life forms you know bugs and bees and you know birds and butterflies and you know those are just the ones you can see but in the soil there are countless organisms at, at work in this in this incredibly complex ecological web that you as the as the gardener sort of were the the creator of right you 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 laid it out you got it going but then at a certain point nature kind of joins the party right and you're not the only factor at play it's pretty fun to watch you know it's it's good to learn that while we have influence we are not in complete control you know so many people want to be in total and complete control but i don't see that as practical or possible you know Chisnek Nehi, the guy that sort of coined the term flow theory, you know, he kind of talks about how flow is this this balance between you know skill and challenge. You know, other people have described it as the point where discipline intersects with surrender, right? It's it's when the artist is channeling art instead of inventing it. You know, people say things like I the art moved through me you know it, it came from somewhere else you know, that is flow when a when a jazz musician talks about being in the pocket right when they're doing improvisate improvisational jazz and they they call it in the pocket when when time disappears and and the only thing in the entire world is that instrument and that body intertwined you know race car drivers athletes they talk about being in the zone where you know hours seem like minutes and minutes seem like hours you know what i'm talking about and if you don't i feel really sorry for you because this is a state of mind like no other and i I've already done an episode all about flow. You should go back and listen to it. I go into the details a bit more, but this is what this podcast is about, y'all. You know, we need to learn to understand ourselves and our environment and how our interaction with the environment plays out and how we can influence but also how we need to surrender the idea of total control. You know, I think flow is one of the most important ideas to come out of modern psychology. And I believe permaculture to be the most important. 
shall we say, subset of science. People call permaculture a design science, an interdisciplinary design science. You know, in permaculture, we, we take information from the fields of geology, ecology, you know, mycology, biology. We, we take lessons from, from engineering and, and, you know, uh, meteorology and, and climate science and all these things. It's an intersectional idea. And, you know, ecology was kind of one of the first intersectional science disciplines, um, as far as I know, you know, we've had a way of kind of segregating science, right? You have your chemists, you have your biologists, you have your astronomists, you've got your geologists, you know, you've got your, your lab scientists, but ecology was one of these kind of revolutionary sciences where they said, well, you know, things are more complex, you know, we cannot always break things down and tear them apart, you know. I believe it was Francis Bacon who said something about, you know, science is, is but to put nature on the table and tease out her secrets. And that's kind of a an interesting way of phrasing it because so many scientists, that's exactly what they try to do is is sort of force, force knowledge out of observation and, and, and experimentation. Whereas, you know, ecology is almost entirely observation based. There's very little experimentation in the field of ecology because there's too many factors at play, too many variables. You cannot control for all but one variable in ecology ecological, you know, study like you can with say chemistry, because there's too much at play, too many elements in the picture. And that's how permaculture is. It's, it's a science that recognizes that we can't even begin to fathom the complexity. So it gives us these principles to follow very simple principles that help us solve incredibly complex issues like how can we grow food in areas that have been you know desertified as they say desertification it's a big problem and permaculture designers are showing us the way on how to bring water and and life back to these impoverished areas you know how do we remediate you know environmental degradation how do we take a piece of farmland that has been that has been over farmed for generations and had chemical fertilizers constantly applied and pesticides how do we take that that barren you know ruined soil and and create a thriving ecosystem in it once more you know these are things that can be done if you follow the principles, you know, if you take the simple approach, you know, and it's, I, I think I'll have to do an episode where I really 
just dive into the 12 principles of permaculture. Maybe I need to do an episode on each of the principles because they are simple, but their implications, their, their, their sort of applications are infinite. You know, permaculture is a hard thing for some people to get their head around. It's like, it's like all these words, you know, what does it even mean? But if you start applying it and you start moving through the steps and, and thinking in terms of systems and cycles and seasons, you know, this is what we do in permaculture. So once again, you know, I, I want to keep this one relatively short. I really just wanted to show off that new intro and I'll actually have a little outro coming up for you too. I think that song is just good, good medicine, you know, and I'll give credit where credit's due. You know, the artist's name, as I said, it's Coleman, but he goes by Corduroy Sun and the song is called Monochrome. It's a great song. And, uh, you know, I think it's a simple song. I like the line, the chorus. It says, um, let's see if I can get it right. It says, you stay the same because you... How does he say it? You stay the same because it's all that you know. I mean, that's a line right there. And then he says, I'll be halfway conscious in monochrome. Now... I'll have to ask him what he meant by that, but I've got a pretty good idea. You know, I, I was talking to him the other day. I said, we ought to do an episode where we just talk about your music. I'd love to kind of work through the whole album, right? And he can intro each song and kind of talk about what it meant to him, what the lyrics mean, you know, maybe a little bit about sort of the process of recording and I want to know all of that stuff. You know, I want Easy Peasy to be a variety show. You know, I want some of it to be philosophy, but I want other stuff to simply be, you know, examples of people living the easy peasy life, which to me does not mean you don't work hard. It means you do what you love. It means you you work towards a lifestyle. That feels easy peasy. It has an attitude, but it doesn't come without hard work. I think Coleman's in that in that vein, you know, he, he he works hard, he's a dentist, but he also he said something about how if he didn't do the music, you know like it's I think he said he do, he doesn't really feel like he's got a choice. Like if he didn't do the music he would go crazy. You know, and I think that's I think that's beautiful. I think we all need something like that, you know? And I talk so much about food and food security because how can we live easy peasy if we don't know where our next meal's coming from? And if we're at the mercy of, of a system that's bloated and fragile and complex and can, can go awry at a moment's notice and... You know, all the world's problems can be solved in the garden. How much simpler does it get? This has been Mike the Polymath with the Easy Peasy Podcast. Come back again.